beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. Hello, listeners. Before we jump into the show, I wanted to tell you that I am conducting my first ever listener survey for the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. I've been bringing you weekly podcast content for a year and a half. We are now nearing episode 100, and while I always try to keep a pulse on the episodes that have resonated with you, the topics, the guests, I want to make this input official. There will be a link in the show notes to the podcast survey, or you can go to 10thingstotellyou.com slash survey, and it will only take you a few minutes to answer questions about who you are, your favorite episode type, how you like to engage with the show, etc. I promise that it is short. I will be using this information to make any adjustments that are necessary, to collaborate with advertisers that support the show, and also to plan out future content. The survey will only be live for two weeks, so get on it. I'll be sharing the results and also asking some additional questions in the 10 Things to Tell You connection group on Facebook. So if you are the type who really loves to give feedback, you will want to make sure and join and participate in there. Search your Facebook app for the 10 Things to Tell You page. It links straight to the group. But the most important thing is that you fill out the listener survey. There's a link in the show description in your podcast app. There will be a link in the show notes. Or again, you can always go to 10thingstotellyou.com slash survey. Your feedback this month will be greatly appreciated. to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to this episode of the 10 things to tell you podcast. I know that some of you are very giddy to hear this one, just as I was giddy to record it, because it is actually a follow-up episode to one of the most downloaded shows ever. That was from last year, episode 41, 10 Tips to Organize Your Photos with the amazing Miss Freddie. She's back. Miss Freddie is back. And today we're taking the next natural step after organizing photos, because what else have you been doing with your time these days? And now we're talking about 
making family yearbooks. I have never made a family yearbook, but I do make other kinds of photo books, and so much of what we talk about in this episode applies to any kind of photo book that you want to make. I want to remind you that everything we talk about today will be linked in the show notes. You can find last year's organizing episode, you can find links to the blog posts that Miss Freddie mentions, and you can find the code for both the backup boot camp and the family yearbook course. As always, show notes can be found at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. You know, I've been meaning to do this follow-up episode with Miss Freddie for a while, but honestly, I felt like the timing right now is perfect. If you want to take on a weekend project, if you're stuck at home, if you're looking ahead for potential holiday gifts, Miss Freddie talks about the tools, but also the mindset around making photo books. You don't have to be crafty. You don't have to be super organized. You don't need a bajillion hours. You can do this, friends. She made me believe it. We can do it. But only, as we discuss later, if you really want to. So here's my great conversation about creating family yearbooks with Miss Freddie. Hi, Casey. I am so excited to talk to you today. Welcome back to 10 Things to Tell You. Oh, I'm so excited to be back. It was so fun almost a year ago to do that first episode. I cannot believe it has been almost a year, but last November we did an episode. It's episode 41. If you guys missed it somehow, we did an episode where I had Casey, aka Miss Freddie, on the show to talk about 10 tips for organizing your digital photos, because we all know we're drowning in photos on our phone, on our computers. And that episode, I have to tell you, is still mentioned, is still linked to. People loved our conversation. And so I'm super excited to have you back to talk more about photo stuff. But today we're going to talk about photo albums. So thank you. Thank you for being here again. Yes. Happy to be here. People have more photos today than they did a year ago, right? So even more important now than it was a year ago. That's exactly right. That's a hundred percent right. Okay. So tell the listeners in case they missed that episode 41, like just remind everyone a little bit about, about your background, who you are, what you do online and why we call you Miss Freddie. (laughs) So my name is actually Casey, but I go by Miss Freddie. Um, I am a certified professional photo organizer, and most people don't even realize that that person exists. But what I do is help people all over the world make sense of their photo mess. And I do that in a couple ways. One, I have full service options where I take control of people's computers through screen sharing technology, and I organize their photos and back them up for them on their own computers. I also scan and digitize old items here in my office. People ship them to me. And then also I have courses that people can take to learn how to do it themselves if they're not comfortable handing over the reins to me or if they're just more comfortable doing it themselves. I have a lot of different online courses that show you the way. And Miss Freddie, the name, is a little bit embarrassing, but when I was born, as a newborn, I had this really thick mop of dark hair and I was very serious with dark eyes. And my parents said, she looks like Fred Flintstone. And they just started calling me Fred. Like they named me Casey, but they just called me Fred my whole life. And eventually they made it Freddie. And I added the miss so that as a business, people would know that I was female. So Miss Freddie, that's me. I'm Miss Freddie on everywhere. Instagram, MissFreddie.com is my website. But my name, my name is Casey. I respond to both. I love it so much. You know what else she does, everyone? This is actually how I found Casey, Miss Freddie, you know, a year plus ago. She does these, I don't know, what do you call experiments, comparisons? I don't know, online where she will like print her photos as either photos or photo books or whatever her experiment is. She'll print them for multiple places and then show you the results, like which one is better. And I was Googling you know, I don't remember now. I think I was Googling photo books, which we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. But I was just Googling the different companies because I used to be a diehard like iPhoto book Mm -hmm. user. And then they did away with that service. And so I was trying to figure out what to move to next. And one of your blog posts came up because you do all these amazing comparisons. 
Anyway, that's another bonus to your website and all of yeah. your different things. Yeah, I'll talk more about that today since it's it's what we're talking about, family yearbooks. But yes, I have ordered so many different copies of the same photo book to compare quality. It's It's kind of crazy. Okay, so our last episode, we talked about photo organization 101, which was like taking all the photos that we have on our phones, which for me is, well, I just peaked and it's basically like... 15,000 photos. <laughs> and by the way, I'm actually kind of organized about yeah, it. And yeah, I, you are. I, and I still have 15,000. The funniest thing is that no matter what your number is, like no matter what anyone's number is, when they say it, they say it with that same shame or guilt that you shared it with, even though some people are like 2,000 and other people are like 150,000. It's like no matter what the number is, everybody has that same reaction. Really a weird thing to be embarrassed about, but it's so many photos. If it makes you feel better, my average client that I work with has 30 to 40,000 on their iPhone. So yours is is much smaller than average. So what are they doing? Are they just like maybe I am upping their iCloud storage every time they max it out? Yep. So I think you start at what, 99 cents a month and then you go up to 299 and then you go up to 999. And once you hit 999, you basically have enough space to just grow to crazy numbers. It's That's maybe what I have. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. So we talked about on the first episode, we just talked about wrangling all mm-hmm. of these photos that I feel like we're drowning in. And we talked about um, how to do mass deletions, how to organize them by year, et cetera, et cetera. So That was sort of the very basics. If you haven't really done much at all or you're way behind in how you organize all your photos, today is going to be like the next step of not just what do you do with them, but making them into books because there's obviously a few Mm -hmm. ways you could deal with your photos. But my favorite way is to make these photo books. But what I want to talk to you specifically about because you do this is make a family yearbook. So you know, one book for the year. And why I'm especially interested in this is because I do make photo books, but I have in the past little while basically just taken on much smaller projects. So I'll do a photo book for one vacation or I'll do a photo book for, you know, one activity or one kid thing or, you know, whatever I'm doing to take on the whole year, which I want to do like a bigger thing has been really overwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I'm a person who organizes my photos fairly regularly and has photo sites I like, you know, I have the information and I'm still like, I don't know mm-hmm. how to do this. Yeah. And so I wanted to talk about that. I do think that some of the things you're going to talk about, it applies to lots of different ways a person could make photo books, right? Yeah, for sure. There's no rules here. I mean, you make what's going to make you happiest. Yeah. But I do want to make photo yearbooks just because mm-hmm. my kids are... Well, right now they're eight and 10 and like, you know, the years are just clipping by. And I know that Mm -hmm. if I could go back and look at, I don't know, a whole year of 2015, if I could do that right now, which I couldn't because I never made that year, but but it would, (laughs) it would make me so happy to be able to do that. So I am going to like take everything you say today and soak it in. Yeah. Try to apply it. Also not to like do this huge plug right now, but maybe we should say this before we get into everything. You have a course that deals with all of this, right? Yeah, that will. Today, I'm going to talk about tips and some theory. And then the course actually shows you like buttons to click, how to design, um, some shortcuts I use, all of that. But on your point there, I want to say that it's great to have vacation albums. You have things you can look back at from 2015. But one perk of making a family yearbook specifically is when you go back to 2015, you'll see those everyday moments that wouldn't have made it into a vacation book. Like kind of just like, I mean, what your house looks like and what the kids were wearing, what the kids were doing, small stuff that doesn't feel like it deserves its own book, but finds room in your family yearbook. And that stuff is really fun to look back on, at least in my experience. No, I totally agree. I completely agree. And I like vacation books, but that's not representative of our life as a whole, you know? Yep. Okay. So let's just jump in. You have 10 things to actually tell us, right? I love it when a guest goes with the theme. (laughs) It's actually my favorite thing on on the show is when a guest goes with it. So let's just start. What's your number one tip, thought, opinion? All right. My number one is know your why. So 
why do you want to make a family yearbook? I feel like you articulated it. You want to give your kids something to look back at. You want to see the everyday moments. I want to feel like I'm doing something with my photos. I want to give my family a meaningful way to interact with our stories and our photos. That's my why. But other people's why might be something more along the line of society has made them feel like they have to do it. Like they need, they're not a good mom if they don't make those yearbooks. And I just want people to think about their why right now, because if that is why you feel like you have to do this, that's garbage. Like I had a great mom. She was terrible with organizing photos. I don't have a single scrapbook or album and she was a great mom. So if that's your only why, I want you to throw this out. You don't need to listen to the rest of the podcast because you don't need to make a family yearbook. But if you think you will personally find satisfaction in creating these books, then I think it's worth your time and you should do it. I cannot say how happy I am that you just said that <laughs> because that's amazing. Because I think that when we, because I'm going to keep reference that we're all drowning in photos because I think that we are. But if your energy around it makes you want to cry that you're drowning in photos, whereas like my energy around it is like, I would love to have photo books. I'm just drowning in photos. You know, I mean, really like look at your, why I did not know you were going to say that. That is (laughs) a really big thing, you guys. You know, I always talk about your energy and your thing. So check in with yourself. Yeah. Why do you want to, does it excite you or would it make you happy to have had it done? Or is it just like a chore? Yeah. If you're going to invest the time and the money, you should get satisfaction and energy out of making the books. I read, this is kind of a little tangent, but if you've read The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin, there was a little clip in there that seriously changed my life where she explained that she was doing things because she wanted to hear the positive affirmations from her husband. Like she was doing this and she wanted to hear him say, you did a great job. I love this. And I realized I was making a photo book. This was before kids because I was hoping my husband would look through it and think like, you did such great work. This is great. And I had to completely throw that out the window. I'll be honest. I don't think my husband has looked at any of our family yearbooks. And that is a hundred percent fine because I am making the family yearbooks for myself. And if my family enjoys them, that's a bonus. But I think it's really important to check in with that at the start Because if you're making it to get validation from other people, you might not get that and you might be disappointed. So it's important to know that this needs to be meaningful to you before you even start. Because it is a lot of work. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Not when you use my 10 tips though. It's going to be a piece of cake. What I mean is find Miss Freddie's course and it's so easy. (laughs) No, it's still going to take time no matter what. There's no way to snap your fingers and and make 10 years of photo books. This has to be a project that you kind of invest some time in and that you ultimately enjoy. Yeah, totally. Okay. That's amazing. Number one, I'm so excited about the rest of them now. Okay. Number two. (laughs) Now that we've lost three quarters of the audience because they've decided (laughs) they don't need to do this. No. Number two is to focus on one project. So Many people have a wish list, like they want to make 10 years back of family albums. They want to make a book for each kid for every single year of their life. And the the, the list is just super, super long. So first I want to say, be realistic in your goals. For me, I have chosen to make one family yearbook every year and it equally represents my children, my family, and that's enough. I don't make separate vacation books. I don't make books for each kid. One family yearbook covers it all, and it lets me off the hook for everything else. That's it. One family yearbook, and I'm done. But focus on one project is this point so that you can start because you can't check 10 books off your list if that's how big your list is. You have to pick one to start and get going. If you are looking at a list of 10, like you were saying you want to go back in time and make old family yearbooks, My advice is to start with the most recent, like do 2019, because they might be freshest in your memory. You can journal that a little quicker. And then once you get the book in your hands, you'll feel motivated to keep going because you'll be so excited about a finished product. So 2019 might not be the most, the easiest for you to do. Whatever is going to be easiest for you, start with it. Whatever will bring you the most joy. If 2015 is going to bring you the most joy, start with it because you'll finish it. And the most important thing is getting a finished one to motivate you to keep going. It's so interesting that you say that because when I do some photo organization stuff, like just back up and all the things that I do, because I just 
genuinely enjoy it. I find it easier to do the older years instead of the recent years because I'm less attached to them. Like I'm still nostalgic about them. I love the photos, but you know how when you go through those years, well, maybe I'm still in them, where you have like 10 shots that are basically the same, Mm -hmm. but the angle is just a little different of your child and you're just so attached to all 10 of those. When I look back at the older photos, it is easier for me to call. It is easier for yep. me to be like, okay, this is the same photo 10 times yep. because I don't remember the moment so acutely. I'm not like all in it. So I yeah. like actually working with older photos better, but I like your idea of, I mean, we're, we're saying the opposite things, but it doesn't matter because it's really about a person's personality or yep. workflow or whatever to do a recent one versus an older one. I always tell people, that's true what you said. The more time that passes, the better perspective you have and the easier it is to sometimes make those books because the fluff is gone. You don't care about the fluff anymore. And so I always tell people like, just say that you meant to wait 10 years to make that book because you wanted that perspective. So just pretend like you intended to wait. Um, so yeah, that's that's when you're deciding what your first project is going to be. Just weigh that option. A benefit of starting with a recent book is they're probably all still on your camera roll. So you could kind of pick those photos while you're sitting on the couch. An older book, they're probably on your computer. So whatever would make it easier for you. Do you want to start on your computer? Is that easier? Then start with an older book. Start with a newer one if it's easier on your phone. So just pick one is the point. Pick one book and start with it. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. All right, number three. Number three, handle your photo selection first. So my secret to finishing an album is actually that I separate the whole photo selection process entirely from designing the book. So most people will sit down, they're like, today I want to make a family yearbook. They go to Shutterfly or whatever their website is, and they start trying to make a family yearbook. But what happens is they get two pages in and they're swimming through thousands of photos that are junk that they don't want in the book and they just use up all their energy. They're tired and they stop. They never finish the book. So if you can separate the photo selection process entirely, I spend an hour or two. I just sit and go through my camera roll for the last year and I flag favorites. Then you can have that nicely curated folder of just your favorites to bring to your design software or your photo book website. And then you're sort of batching these things. You're selecting as one task and you're designing as another task. And it makes it so much easier when you get to the design. Right. I need to sit with that for a second. So (laughs) I hear what you're saying because it's really two separate things. Or I mean, it's like a stair step into things. But if you were to sit down and be like, today is photo book day. And then you would just be like, I can't, I actually can't do this. (laughs) 
right, I can't do this because I need to get this photo from over here and I need to get those photos from over there and I need to, you need to separate them because if you're, if you're saying today is photo book day, I'm going to pick the 300 photos from 2019 that are my favorite. There you go. That's what you do on your photo book day. And then the next day, take those 300 photos and design the book. Yeah. So really you're like, today is pick the photos day. Pick the photos next, day. Next weekend is going to be design, design day or whatever. But you're going to design that book so much faster because you're not wading through thousands of photos to try to find the ones you need. I'm going to say something that makes is going to make me sound like a total Dumbo pants, but I'm going to say it anyway in case anyone relates. I have only recently really implemented the trick in my whole life, mainly my work life I'm talking about, where I break a task down into parts and tackle each part as a stair step, like we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't care that this is a tangent. I feel like I really need to say this. So (laughs) I have worked for myself for over a decade. And, you know, so I haven't had anyone like managing me or guiding me even of like how to do things. I spend a lot of time Googling, watching YouTube videos, whatever I'm doing for my own self-sustained business. And without knowing that I wasn't maybe approaching things correctly or having the right mindset about things, I've just always had these gargantuan tasks and deadlines for them. So I would have, you know, like write a book due in February. I mean, that's like (laughs) truly how I worked, you know, or like for podcast episodes, for everything that I did, it would even home stuff, clean out the garage by the end of the month. And like, that's it. No one really taught me to break it down. And only in the last, I would say year and a half, and especially because I was writing a book and and my work life got really insane and I had to sort of figure out some systems. So especially in the last six to eight months, have I really started breaking things down into bite-sized tasks to achieve a goal or to finish a big project? And I mean, I'm literally 41 years old. And even as I'm saying it, if someone had said it to me, I would have been like, yeah, 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 break it down into tasks. But I wasn't (laughs) actually doing that. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't like actually planning on my schedule. Okay. On Monday, I'm going to select the pictures or even smaller than that. On Monday, I'm going to select the pictures for the first six months of the year. I'm not even going to do the whole selection. And then on Thursday, I'm going to select the pictures for the back half of the year, whatever. I was not, I understand this theoretically, but I was actually not doing this. I've started doing this everything is better. I am less overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm on track, you know, Mm -hmm. like so mentally I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing this thing. Due dates have come more easily to me than they did in the past when I was like pulling all nighters and freaking out Mm -hmm. and crying. You see the progress that you're making. You can celebrate little steps along the way rather than just this huge buildup of a deadline. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to actually plan it. You can't just be like, yeah, I'm going to do that first step but then the deadline nears and nears and nears. You have to be like, okay, I have to block out time for this first step and put it on my calendar and work with it. I know we're talking about photo albums and here I am talking about workflow (laughs) theory. (laughs) But just for anyone who else is like, I feel like I'm too old to be learning these very basic life lessons. I am still learning them too. Everyone. Okay. I don't even know what number we on because I took a tangent. (laughs) That's exactly what I was saying in number three, though. You have to break it down into smaller steps. And your first step should be photo selection. Take that aside. Yep. So number four, though, is we're going to streamline the design work. So there are two different kinds of people here. There's people that are scrapbookers who love the like artsy part of making a yearbook. And so this might not be for them. I am not one of those people. I'm a minimalist. I want to get this book done as quickly as possible. And so I love a program that's called Album Stomp. It works on both Mac and PC. Basically, you bring all your pictures into it. You drag the pictures you want onto the page and it snaps them into a collage like instantly. And then you can pick through different collages if you want to change it. You can make some minor adjustments and then you just add text and you're done. It's seriously like so fast. There's no like colors and freely design elements. You're just putting pictures and text on a page in collages. But the best part is when you're done, you stomp the pages. That's why it's called album stomp. And they turn into JPEG files that you can print anywhere. So you could take those JPEGs to 
blurb or whatever your favorite printing company is. I'll talk more about that later, but you can print a fancy hardcover copy for your family. And then maybe Chatbooks is having a sale and you want to take those same JPEGs over to Chatbooks and print some cheap soft cover copies for each of your kids. You have these JPEGs of your books that aren't tied to a company and you can also back them up and just view those online too. So that's what I love about Album Stomp. Okay. I've seen you talk about Album Stomp on social media. Mm -hmm. I have quite a few questions. (laughs) So number one, does it cost something? Do you buy it? Is it an app? Yes, it's a it's a computer program that you buy. It is thankfully a one-time payment, not a, a subscription. And I think it's $99. They gave me a discount code, but I'm pretty sure that the regular price is $99. Okay, so not cheap, but not saving cheap. you hours of time. Okay. Yep. So then you buy this program and then does it let you choose like a theme? Like are you a minimalist person or does it have like it has a certain style that it's working with. Now, if you're going to want themes, you would go to whatever your photo book website is and use their templates they already have because you can always design books on their websites for free, but you have to print with them. You don't get files that you can save to your computer and take anywhere. Album Stomp is truly just pictures in a collage. So I take all of my pictures from January and I pull them onto the pages And so it just flows through on a white background with very simple collages, all of the things that happened in January. And I love the simplistic nature of that because it's just my photos telling the story and they're adding the color and they're making the page interesting. You can get more specific with design where like some are bigger and some are smaller. Some are one page just on the left, one on the right. Some span both pages. I mean, you can get into that, but it's not artsy. There's no themes or pre-designed templates to use. Okay. And then, so let me just ask of the function of this. So if you export the pages as JPEGs, so then when you're in whatever program you're going to choose to use, I've been using Mixbook lately Mm -hmm. and I really like the quality of Mixbook, but anyway, you're in the thing, then you would select a layout of one big photo for the page and then you drag that JPEG in as if it's one big photo. Yep. So you've basically had, you've broken it into three steps, photo selection, design, and then ordering the book. So then you come to the website your book's already designed. You just plop the pages and order on their blank book and you order it from Mixbook. Okay. I was just making sure that's what the function is. You just drag mm-hmm. it in. And the, and are you losing quality when you do that? No, you can control. So one cool thing about um, Album Stomp is they have presets from lots of different printing companies. So if they have Mixbook, I'm not sure, but you could just select Mixbooks and it would pull in like the right borders and all that for you. Otherwise you can make one from scratch and you're telling it the page size and the resolution. And so you're making a very high quality stomp of your pages that you're then taking to the the book company to print. Okay. But I guess what I'm asking is, and I'm not, I don't know all the technical aspects of this, but like you're uploading your photo to the page, but then when you save that page as a JPEG and then you upload it to the other, to the album site, is it just as crisp mm-hmm. because you've saved it now three times or whatever? Yeah. So you've created a, a page. You've saved that as a high quality, like high resolution file from album stomp. And then you've uploaded that to Mixbook. And so it's using a high quality photo to plop in on the page. And the one that you've exported from album stomp is large enough or larger to fill that page. So there's no compression or loss of quality when you're filling your pages. Okay. That's exactly what I was asking. Okay. All right. Now I'm immediately checking album stomp when we get off of this. Okay. Next number five. Are we on five? We're on number five. So my tip here is to pair photos with text. I kind of mentioned that a little bit in the album stomp comment, but you want to tell your stories too. So my approach is I start with a monthly summary. So the first page of my album will say January as the title. There'll be one star photo that I've picked to highlight from January. And then I'll have a paragraph underneath where I just talk about the highlights of January. And I'm not a writer, so mine are really brief, but you could totally get into more detail. And then it goes into just pages of collages. Like there's no 
text after that. So each month starts with a title and a summary, and then it's just pages that kind of support the story with their photos. If I have more minor events, I will add text like labeling on top of a photo if it wasn't like a big enough event to make it into our summary. But that's really my approach to text. It's just a quick summary on each page. But I find when I watch my kids read through the books that they do read these little quick summaries and then they look through all of the pages afterwards to look at the photos. Are you keeping notes somewhere like in a journal or in a planner or something of just like, this is what was going on in our family? Or do you rely on your memory for that? Like if your kid loses a tooth in March and, you know, that's notable, Mm -hmm. you know, notable enough to go into your summary, let's say, do you just remember that? Or do you look at the the pictures spark your memory or have you the pictures? Okay. I lay out the pictures first. So in my batch as I'm designing, I lay out all the pictures for the year And then I go back and I fill in the summaries and I just look at the pictures to say, okay, well, this is when he lost a tooth. So I'm going to put that in the summary. If I was really organized, I would just use a note on my like notes app in my iPhone and just jot things down. But if it was meaningful enough to make your summary, most likely you have a picture of it somewhere in your camera roll. Like the losing of the tooth would make the cut in my camera roll, I think. Um, I do keep a note app that I reference later and I'll mention it later, but I keep track of like funny things my kids say. (laughs) Like yesterday in the car, my daughter was singing to some pop song and she said, you like my hair? Gee, thanks. It's bumping, which is not the lyric, but it's so cute coming out of a (laughs) six-year-old. Gee, thanks. It's bumping. So I totally wrote that down in my notes app, like Jill, age six. Gee, thanks. It's (laughs) bumping. And that will make our family year because I wouldn't have a picture of that. Okay. That is so funny. I do that too. And not as much as my kids get older, I don't uh, write down as much as I should because they're older, but they're actually funnier even than they were when they were littler. It's just, you know, I don't know. We get in a different mindset. I should write it down because kids are funny, man. Oh yeah. I have a note for each kid and it's just like things Jill said. And it goes all the way back to like her first words. Cause I, when I think of it, I add things in there, but you're right. As they've gotten older, there's fewer things being added into there. It's just not top of mind anymore. Yeah. Okay. Number, number six. So this one, I, my tip is to include memorabilia in your book. So I am a minimalist and I don't really like to keep all the stuff that comes into my house from my kids over the course of a year. So I snap pictures of things like ticket stubs or their artwork or a medal from the soccer team And I include those in the book too. And it feels a little bit like filler as I'm designing the book, but I find that my kids really notice those pictures and they talk about them as they're paging through the books. And I kind of batch this process as well. Like I have a little box that I just sort of collect everything in. And then before I'm sitting down for my photo book day, I get a white piece of poster board and I just take pictures of all the memorabilia, right? With my iPhone on the white poster board right next to a window. So just really simple, but I batch that too. And then I have all of those in my camera roll to include in my book. Do you do that like at the end of the year? Like, is it a whole memorabilia for the year? Yeah, that's what I, well, I mean, if you, if I was really on top of it, I could photograph it as it came into my house, but I'm not, it just sits in a box. And then at the end of the year, I go through it all. I mean, my kids have so much, especially art projects. Yeah. I don't even think I could wait a year. I do try to take pictures and I have a folder on my phone where mm-hmm. I keep artwork and um, schoolwork, notable schoolwork, but there's so much of that. I will say I handle artwork kind of separately. I don't know if you've seen me talk about this on Instagram at all, but I photograph my kids' artwork gradually sort of. I do it in batches throughout the year because you're right, there's so much of it. And they each have their own private Instagram account that I manage where I upload those pictures and then they turn into chat books, that chat book subscription where every 60 pictures that go on Instagram, it just turns into a book and shows up at my door. So I have these tiny little really inexpensive books that are all their artwork. And I don't include much artwork in our family yearbook then. It's mostly like ticket stubs or awards or things or maybe sports memorabilia. That is such a good idea to do that with chat books because I don't, outside of a few pieces, a few real standout pieces, I don't care so much about mm-hmm. their artwork to make it into like 
you know, to spend a lot of money on that kind of a book. No, it costs, I think, $10 a book for these little six by six chapbooks. And I let, I mean, the kids flip through them. I don't care if they get damaged. I don't, I don't, they're not very important to me, (laughs) the chat, the little artwork chapbooks. And I throw the artwork itself away after I photograph it so that I'm not swimming in artwork in my house. I'll just keep a handful of like the really special pieces, maybe like the Mother's Day gift or, you know, I'll keep that stuff in a keepsake box for each kid, but the rest I just purge. (laughs) No, that's so smart. I'm thinking about, I want to do that right now for this schoolwork or Mm -hmm. just like kids stuff in general. Okay. My mind is spinning, but I know we need to move on. Okay. So number seven, make a year in review. So this is just an idea, obviously not required, but I remembered back to my old school yearbooks and they had like this time capsule section in in them. Did yours have that like high school yearbook? Do you remember that? I don't remember that. It might not have been like a universal thing, but there was basically this page that had like popular songs or fashion or TV shows. And I looked back at it. This was from high school. And it was really interesting to see that thing now and see like, oh my gosh, that's right. It took me right back to high school. And like, that was the fashion. Wait, so it wasn't a time capsule at the time. It was, it's a time capsule now. So it was saying like, these were the top 10 songs this year or whatever. Yeah. And it was like pre-printed. It wasn't specific to our high school. It just like came in the yearbook. So it was like probably national, like here's information. But anyway, I started applying that idea to my family yearbooks a few years ago. So at the end, I include two pages that summarize the year. I'll put big headlines or news stories, uh, top movies, that kind of thing. And I find that these are fun to look back on. It's only been a couple years, so nothing has really changed that dramatically. But it is fun to go back and see what the sort of year in review was. And then I also apply it to each kid. So I have current events for like, you know, worldwide view, here's the year in review. But then I also have one for each kid where I put their school picture and I list um, some of their favorite things right now, like activities. And then I have maybe some of the best artwork from the year. So it's like a little picture for each kid that ends the book. And I think it's kind of a nice way to wrap it up. And it's a good way to use their school pictures. I never really know what to do with the school pictures. That is a good way to use the school pictures. And I'm thinking about, I wish that I had done a better job of making notes over the years of like, you know, our family has certain songs that we love to dance to or sing to in the car, or we, when the kids were little and they watched Moana 700 Mm -hmm. times or whatever, like I could probably piece that all together of when that was, but I kind of wish that I had made better notes like this around like, this is what our family life looks like right now. We sing this song every day. We watch this movie every day, you know, whatever. And that when you're in the moment, it doesn't seem always so special. It really seems Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, we do this every day. Mm -hmm. But then with even just a few years time, you're like, remember when we did that every day? Yeah. And I do take a lot of family notes. I will say, I've said this before online, but there's a spread in my paper planner and I use a paper planner for uh, my personal life. I do almost all my work stuff digitally, but I use a paper planner for just our family activities and to-dos and blah, blah, blah. And there's a spread actually in my planner, there's one at the beginning of the month and at the end of the month, sort of just like a blank page of the month. And I use it to make a lot of notes. Like this is what happened. And I will include family things. Like I was just saying like, oh, we lost our first tooth or, you know, I kind of little milestones or, or little things like that, but they're specific moments like that, as opposed to like, uh, this is what our daily life looks like which I sort of like you including that as the year in review as like, this is what our favorite songs were. This is, you know, more like a time capsule instead of necessarily headlines. Yeah. Well, so I do want to say on the year in review idea, if you love this idea, you can include it in like current books and books going forward. Don't let it stress you out. Like I can't make old books that I want to make because I don't have this information. You don't need a year in review to make your book. Now, it sounds like you could go back and grab your notes and kind of piece one together, but don't let this stop you. It's totally an optional thing and you don't need to be consistent. It could appear in some years and not others. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And also I'm a big fan of getting it done too. And if like something was going to slow me way down, like researching what year Moana came out, because I don't remember, like 
little tasks like that add up and then like slog you, you know, bog you down in the project, which I wouldn't want to do. Oh, if it's going to stress you out to make the headlines and pull that all together. In my family yearbooks course, I have like the finished template, like all completed of what I use for the end of the year. So the course came out in 2019. So you could go and use the 2019 templates. And then this year I'll release the 2020 templates, which will basically just be like coronavirus and (laughs) coronavirus again and some more of that. But um, yeah, so if it stresses you out to like come up with the information and do the Google searching to find that. I, I've got that done for you already in the family yearbooks class. Amazing. All right. Number eight, done is better than perfect. Just say this to yourself on repeat through the whole project, because when you're in the middle of the project, you're going to lose steam and you'll lose focus. You'll start saying like, oh, I can't print this book until I get that picture from the soccer coach, or I really want to proof this 10 times before I order it so that I can feel confident that there aren't any typos. Like finish the book. Just finish the book because your family can't enjoy an unfinished design that's sitting in the Shutterfly cart. Like they just can't. You need a finished book. All of my books have typos. Every single one of my family yearbooks has a typo. I find it after it arrives. It's fine. Finish the book. Done is better than perfect. Well, yes. I mean, I cheer (laughs) that on completely. I tend to be like, do as I say, not as I do on this because I really do want to get it perfect, but I'm so happy when something is done that I have to just remind myself, you're right. Done is better than perfect. And most of the time, huge majority of the time, people do not notice what you notice. So if something's off center or a little typo or like, you know, you mislabeled something, I don't know, whatever people don't, if they do notice, they don't care. You're the only one who's like as invested in the perfection. No one else is. The only mistake my family has ever noticed in all my family yearbooks is I included the same items, the same event in two months in a row and the same journaling two months in a row. Because that, back then I was making my books every month, like every month I was updating my pages and I, <laughs> I used the same photos twice. So my kids are reading the book and they're like, what? I thought you said that happened in August. How come it's in September too? And it's like, oh, mom, you just made a mistake. No big deal. We all make mistakes. It's per- At least you have a book to read through and look at, kids. Be thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny that they noticed it. I mean, I guess maybe you would notice, but whatever, it happens. It's yeah. done. That's what matters. It's done. It's done. And now I don't make my book. I don't like work on the pages every month. I just do it once at the end of the year altogether. And so I don't probably wouldn't make that same mistake again, but oh, well, the book is done. Okay. Number nine, pay for quality or maybe wait for a sale if you want to. But for me, I like to spend a little extra money on my family yearbook to make sure that it's slightly elevated quality. It's better than kind of like your basic photo book that you're used to getting. And like you mentioned earlier, I ordered a bunch to test out to make sure that I was getting like the right one. And I offer this service. I make books for people. And so I wanted to make sure that I was supplying people with the right quality too. So that's why I did the test, but I tested like Shutterfly, Blurb, Mixbook, Printique, Costco. There were so many. And I came across at the time they were called Adorama Picks, but now they're known as Printique and they are my favorite. The books are, the pages are a little thicker. They lay flat and they come in a 10 by 10 size, which is personally my favorite. And I pay about $150 for my yearbook. I think it's worth every penny. Like I said, I channel all my efforts into just the one book for my family every year. So I think that it is absolutely worth that price. And that's still your favorite? Printique. Yep. Love them. What are your others that are next down the tiers? Yeah. I used Blurb for many years. Um, My only reason I switched is because they don't offer a 10 by 10 size. They only offer a 12 by 12. And I was feeling, once I got a 10 by 10 like test in my hand, I was like, wow, I really like the way that this reads better. Like it fits better in my hands and my kids and myself and I like it better. And Blurb doesn't offer that. So I switched. Um, I also do like Mixbook. I know you said you like them. They have a nice lay flat option too. So that's another one that I recommend as well. I like Blurb's quality a lot, but I switched. And now I made this switch several years ago, so this could be different. But at the time, I felt like it was not as user-friendly. Their build-out a book program book, that yeah, was book right. Yeah. Book right was clunky to me. It didn't always save. I just, mm-hmm. I had some problems with that. And then when I went to mix book where everything is 
a little bit different. I felt like, oh, this is a little more drag and drop. This is a lot Mm -hmm. easier to meet. That might not be true anymore, but I felt like there was a user friendliness to Mixbook and that they were comparable quality. I agree. There's a learning curve to any of the companies when you're using their website because they all are just slightly different. I found Printiques was pretty easy. That's what I share in the Family Yearbooks course, like how to use their website to make one for free. But once I switched to Album Stomp, it was like, well, now it doesn't really matter where I go because I'm not designing on their interface. I'm designing it in Album Stomp and then I just print the book through their website. I know you're heavily recommending Album Stomp and that that's what you talk about in your course. But for people who that's too high a price tag for this, or maybe they do like the different design elements of Mm -hmm. themed pages and that kind of thing. Like, do you have any thoughts on that or like how to make that process Mm -hmm. easier instead of getting like really bogged down in the details of doing it yourself like that? So the course focuses mostly on Printique because it's free to design on their website. And I didn't want to require a $100 software purchase in order to make your family yearbook like that that is a big price tag so on the printique website that's what most of the tutorials in the course show you can make your book for free you'll have to print it through printique and they have a lot of artsy elements there like i think they have fourteen thousand different stickers that you can like add if you want to make this a christmas theme page so you could really get into the details there. My only tip would be, again, remember done is better than perfect. If you're scrolling through 14,000 Christmas graphics <laughs> to find the perfect one, like maybe it's time to just move on, order the book. Okay. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> I'm not like so a lo- scrapbooker. I don't have like a scrapbooking background, so I don't get so into that little artsy stuff. Well, I go, I can go back and forth. It just depends on what day you catch me. But I will say I'm a person who likes less choices. So this is what I liked about iPhoto books, rest in peace, was because there was only, I don't know, five or six yeah, layouts six. per page. I mean, there was not, it was less than 10 for sure. Like you could mm-hmm. do a bunch of little photos or you could do like one big photo and two smaller ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was like truly just a few options. And I varied the options, you know, I varied the pages, but that's it. And it was consistent. That was a consistent look throughout. Mm -hmm. I can and have, in fact, in the past done this where like, if I want, if I'm in a cutesy mode and I'm adding Christmas graphics and whatever, maybe each page looks cute. But by the time I get the whole thing done, it it is a hot mess. (laughs) It's not cohesive. Yeah. (laughs) So both Pratique and Mixbook offer like design layouts where at the start of the book, you pick, I want to do this theme. And there's some minimal options, but then there's also some ones that are like watercolor and then the same colors come through all the pages. So you could pick like a theme and stick with it on most photo book websites offer that. My advice then would be to like stick with the theme and probably not start making your own here and there on everything so that your book, your finished book all kind of ties together. Let them do the design work for you. That's right. But you be you, everyone. If you, you just you. want you, yeah. whatever is going to make you happy, go the with that. The finished book is what's most important. So yes. if, if you're worrying about it being cohesive or not, like just print the book. All right. Number 10, last one start. That's it. I wanted to make number 10 start because you need to start. Otherwise you get bogged down in, in too much worry. Um, people are always asking me like, oh, what size is best to print and what paper is best to print and what company do you like? And I want to make sure all my books are going to match forever and ever and ever before I even make one. But you're overthinking the details to avoid doing the actual work because if you never finish a book, why would it even matter? If Why would you worry about if they're even going to match each other? Because you need to finish the book. So just start. A finished book is what matters. I also don't want them to match over a 10-year period because, I mean, I can see like the appeal to that, to have them all on your coffee table, beautifully leather-bound matching. I understand why that's appealing. But also, I love to look back. Like I was into scrapbooking like in the 90s. And when I look back, that's not my taste anymore. But I love seeing that I had all the like curly Q scissors and like all the things. I'm like, oh, I was so cute. How darling is this? Like how much time I used to have. Right. Exactly. (laughs) No, but like let your taste change and let the book reflect your taste Mm -hmm. that year. Yeah. I, ju- I think there's nothing wrong with that. And that adds to the 
fun for your kids or your family as they look back, mm-hmm. you know, to be like, oh my gosh, this is not in style anymore, but it's fun. I, I think that's actually part of the fun, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It adds a lot more to the memory. I mean. Last question in terms of start. I know I already gave many minutes to how I've just learned to break up tasks, <laughs> but do you sit down and do like, I'm going to spend five hours on this on a Saturday in December. Do you Mm -hmm. parse it out over like three evenings of 30 minutes? I don't know. Like, how do you break up your time in this way? Like, because people who are listening to this, who this is going to be a big task for them. Mm -hmm. I want to like help them think about this is, you don't have to set aside a whole weekend if that Mm -hmm. doesn't appeal to you. Like, how do you do it? I do it in three nights. So after the kids are in bed, I sit down. The first night is going to be photo selection. And if your photos are all on your phone, you can do that. Like sitting on the couch watching TV, just hit that little heart icon, pick your favorite ones. The second night, I'll sit down and do design. I like to design at my computer, like on a nice big screen. So I'll just sit in my office, bring the 300 pictures I picked the night before, do the design work. And then the third night is ordering the book. So I've stomped the pages, then I'll take them to Printique's website and drop each one in. That one doesn't usually take very long, but I like to kind of handle it separately just so that I focus on that. I'm not rushing at the end of finishing all my design work. And then I wait for the UPS man to come with my book. (laughs) Not so patiently. So do you do it in January for the year before? Like do you wait until the whole year has played out? Yep. I do it. Honestly, I do it like the first week in January because we're not really doing a lot <laughs> right then in the middle of winter. And you know, you've got this letdown after the holidays are all over and I sit down and I just make my book for the whole year. Gives you something to look forward to towards the end of January when that comes in the mail. Wow. That is impressive that you're able to do that. I'm still looking back at years behind. <laughs> I do think once you get on a roll, like yeah. if you have a system like we're talking about, yeah. And you, you know, then you have it in your hand, then you're like, oh, now I, I, I can do this again. I can do this yeah. sort of over and over. That's what I find anyway. And I'm, I mean, I said, I sit down three nights in a row. It's probably like two to three hours each night. And so once you just see that, you're like, oh, okay, I can find two to three hours to work on that right now. I mean, go, going back to your first, it's not like write a book by February. You, you, you're like, I can set aside two to three hours to pick my favorite photos. That feels achievable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everyone, I know that you are going to want to follow Miss Freddie. You're going to want to check out all of her courses. She offers several that you might be interested in, not just this yearbook one. You might want to go back and do the backup boot camp, which we talked about on episode 41 that sort of teaches you how to organize your photos, back them up to the cloud, It's a really great course as well. But then if you're ready for the next step and ready to put them into albums, she also has a course for this very thing. I will link to all of these in the show notes, 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And we have a discount code for 10 Things to Tell You listeners, right? Right. Yes. They can save $10 on both Backup Bootcamp and Family Yearbooks courses using the code 10THINGS. That's one zero T-H-I-N-G-S. Yes. And I will, again, put all this on social media and in the show notes in case you're looking for $10 off, which is makes this a really great price. So thank you, Miss Freddie, for being yeah. on the show. I love talking about photo stuff with you. <laughs> I know. I feel like we had a few tangents in there, but I mean, it's all good. Like I, I just want everyone to know that they can do this. It doesn't need to be as big as what they've built it up to be. Tangents are my life. This show is built on (laughs) tangents. It's totally fine. It's all good. And then remind us where we can find you on the web, your website and your social media. Sure. My website is missfreddy.com. It's F-R-E-D-D-Y. And that's where you can find more information about my courses. And there's a lot of blog posts that show all of my family yearbooks over the years. Um, And then on Instagram, that is where I'm most active. I'm at miss.freddy. Amazing. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10thingstotellyou. 
Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.